Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in, OutKick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Thursdays wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. Bunch of subjects to dive into with you. Uh, Ivan Provorov, the Philadelphia Flyers player who refused to wear a pride jersey, continues to explode as a story I will discuss Supreme Court can't find the leaker. Alec Baldwin has been charged with involuntary manslaughter. Albert Borla, the CEO of Pfizer, confronted in Davos over his failed COVID shot. That is an absolute fraudulent monstrosity. Ole Miss has a bunch of different quarterbacks. Who's going to win the starting job? And Lamar Jackson just said, uh, according to John Harbaugh, just said that Lamar Jackson is 200% going to be back to the Ravens and that he's consulting on a new offensive coordinator hire. But we begin with something that I am super fired up about, uh, and it is the continued fallout of the Ivan Provorov story. For those of you who missed this story, Ivan Provorov is a Philadelphia Flyers player. He uh, has been in the United States since he was 13 years old, but is from Russia, uh, and he made the decision not to go out in a warm-up skate in a jersey with a gay pride logo on it. Uh, he said it conflicted with his religious values. The NHL has lost its mind, the media that covers the NHL, that is, over this decision. And there are many different people who have shared a variety of perspectives. I'm going to discuss them all. I'm going to break it down for you. But I want to start with this idiotic take from a guy named E.J. Radick. I don't know how to pronounce his name exactly because I'd never heard of him before. But he works at the NHL Network. He is a senior reporter for the NHL Network. And E.J. Radick said that if Ivan Provorov does not want to wear a pride jersey, that he should go back to Russia, leave our country, and fight in the Russian war against Ukraine and potentially die there. That was the statement made by E.J. Heredic on the NHL Network attacking Ivan Provorov for his decision on this LGBTQ uh, uniform. So I just want to discuss that opinion in particular. It is a disgraceful opinion for an employee of the NHL to share. It is a disgraceful opinion for an American to share because this country was founded on the idea of religious freedom and that you should have the freedom to support your religion as you see fit. If E.J. Radek had said basically about anybody other than a white European player that they needed to go back to their country because they didn't share the political opinions that he has, he'd be fired on the spot. So I want to take it outside of the NHL controversy, and I just want to say, imagine that this were an African NBA player. 
who made a choice based on his religious beliefs, could be Muslim, could be Christian, could be any number of different religious faiths, that he wasn't going to do something. And an NBA analyst came out and said, if that guy doesn't want to do this, he should go back to Africa. He'd be fired on the spot. If this were uh, something to do with a Muslim player, you can imagine a Muslim player saying, let's say it's a soccer player from a Muslim country, didn't want to wear a LGBTQ label on his jersey. That Muslim player came out, said he wasn't going to do it because of his religious faith, and a soccer fan, uh, a soccer analyst said that Muslim player should go back to the Middle East and get embroiled in the wars that are fought there. He'd be fired on the spot. This is, I believe, a fireable offense by the NHL Network. Because if you put this comment in the context of any other race, any other religion, other than a white Christian's belief, this individual, first of all, wouldn't say it, right? And he would get fired if he did, okay? So E.J. Heretic, based on the standard that is regularly set in media, should be fired for what he said on the NHL network, in particular because he is an NHL employee and he is appearing on the NHL's own network, okay? Now, I don't believe in cancel culture. So I am not in favor of anyone being fired for what they say, okay? But by the standards that the left has set, E.J. Heretic should be fired, okay? Now, I want to take it outside of the context of what happened here. And I want to point this out. If the Philadelphia Flyers had decided to honor Christians, now they would never do this because people like E.J. Radick would lose their mind if they decided they were going to do it. But if the NHL Network decided that they were going to honor Christians by having a small cross on their uniforms and they were going to wear those for a skate around and then auction off those jerseys, for the benefit of Christian organizations and a player on the NHL said, I don't feel comfortable doing that because of my religious beliefs. Maybe they're not Christian. Maybe they're Jewish. Maybe they are uh, Muslim. Maybe they're atheist. Whatever that opinion might be, then the EJ Radics of the world would call him a hero. If a player refused to go out on the ice wearing a cross on his jersey. Okay. So this is a big deal because another idiot said, well, he was fine wearing the jersey for military night. Okay, yeah, because he's okay supporting the military. But that's what people who wear jerseys do, by the way. They make choices on whether to wear a jersey or not based on whether they support the jersey, right? I mean, this is crazy and I have to say this. I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. I'm not a big jersey guy in general. But my kids just got me an old Steve McNair jersey to wear uh, potentially to a game. I would wear an old Steve McNair jersey because I'm a Titans fan. I wouldn't wear an old Ray Lewis fan because I'm not a Ray Ray Lewis jersey because I'm not a Ravens fan. The clothes that you wear reflect whether you support something or not. But, you know what? My opinion on this Ivan Provorov situation would be the exact same even if he came out and said, hey, I don't want to wear a military jersey because I am a Pennsylvania Quaker 
And I believe that all war is immoral and unjust. And therefore, I don't believe that I should be supporting anybody who is serving in the military. I would say, okay. I don't agree with him. I'm not a Pennsylvania Quaker. But I would say I respect the fact that somebody can make the choice over whether to wear a jersey that specifically endorses a political opinion of some degree or not, right? If somebody out there said, hey, you know what? I don't really want to wear pink uh, because I'm not really that interested in the breast cancer fight. Well, you know, I don't know what you got against boobs. I'm the First Amendment and boobs guy. But I would support somebody who said, hey, I don't want to wear pink on my uniform because I'm not that interested in getting involved in breast cancer awareness. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I would support a position under which a player could take that stance. The difference between me and this imbecile EJ Radick and all of the other loony bin NHL woke people who have been arguing and attacking Ivan Provorov with every aspect of their fiber is I stand on principle, content-neutral policies as opposed to arguing entirely based on whether I agree with somebody's politics or not. I don't care. I said yesterday about the whole uh, rainbow on the jersey or whatever else. If I were an athlete, I would probably wear it because I don't feel that strongly enough about it to stand up against it. But if you told me that I had to play in a BLM sleeve, I wouldn't wear a BLM logo on my jersey because I think BLM is an awful organization that has led to lots of police being murdered and has led to many more murders in this country than would exist if BLM didn't exist. So I wouldn't, if I were a player, I would not wear a jersey that had a BLM logo on it. I just wouldn't. People can disagree. And I think players should have the right to make those choices. And so I think it takes far more bravery for Ivan Provorov to choose not to wear this jersey than it does to wear it, okay? And again, there's a big difference and and they're not acknowledging this difference, but there is a big difference between supporting something and being okay with it existing, right? Um, And this is significant. I am fine, and I think most people out there are fine with people who are adults living their life as they see fit. I don't care who you sleep with if you are an adult and you are doing it with another consenting adult. I think most Americans believe that. Now, some don't. That's okay. But that's my opinion. But there is a difference between saying, hey, I'm okay with you doing whatever you want to do and saying, I have to celebrate your life choice. I'm heterosexual. Nobody out there is like, boy, I'm glad Clay Travis sleeps with women. My wife's not even glad about that, by the way. Been married 20 years. I think she's, she's over it, okay? There are a lot of people out there that sleep with women. It's not something to brag about. It's not something to draw attention to. I think most people just don't care who you sleep with. So the next step of, hey, I'm going to wear an insignia to support something, to celebrate something, that's the next level, okay? And I don't think athletes should be obligated to do that. And I don't think they should be obligated to do that for anything other than the contract that they sign to celebrate 
and support their team, right? That's the contractual obligation that they've undertaken. Now, the difference between me and this idiot E.J. Hradick is my policy exists across the board and is content neutral. If you don't want to wear a military appreciation jersey, I don't think you should have to. We'll be right back. Got to take a little break here. We are rolling without kicking. You don't want to miss a moment. Stay tuned. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If you don't want to uh, go out and wear pink to support breast cancer, I don't think you should have to do it. If you don't want to put on your, uh, uh, your helmet, BLM, I don't think you should have to do it. Players should have choices. They can choose to support something or not regardless of the politics behind it. But the E.J. Hradicks of the world, if there was a Jesus night and there was a cross on the jersey in the pregame skate and a player didn't want to do that, they would say, oh, that's so brave of that player. God bless him for doing so. When you say God bless, they would say bless him for doing so potentially. And they would praise him. That's a content-based discrimination. And let me also talk about, some people are like, what about Kaepernick? Again, Kaepernick made a calculated choice to speak out in his uniform at work about something that had nothing to do with sports. This is not what Ivan Provorov has done. He chose to just play sports. I don't want anything on my jersey that has to do with LGBTQ issues and I don't want to be seen as endorsing it. That doesn't seem complicated to me at all. They're very different scenarios. By the way, Colin Kaepernick was rewarded but the argument that I made was consistent which is the people who praised Kaepernick would have ripped him to shreds if he had taken a knee to say he didn't support gay marriage during the national anthem, if he had taken a knee to say he didn't support California abortion law or Roe v. Wade, they would have ripped him to shreds and said there's no place for a knee to be taken during the national anthem based on those political agendas. Again, this is important. Content-neutral policies should be applied evenly to everyone. And if you are E.J. Radick and you're not smart enough to understand that and you think somehow you are the good guy because you're telling someone in America to leave the country because you disagree with their religious beliefs, you, E.J. Radick, you imbecile, are the reason the United States exists in the first place because people expressly came here for religious freedom. You are an authoritarian. You are the bad guy. 
You're too dumb to understand how stupid what you said was because you have bought into this idea that you are a virtue signaling uh, a beautiful human being, that you're inclusive, that you believe in diversity, that you're a big guy of tolerance. No, you are actually the intolerant one because you're telling a guy who's been here since he was 13 years old to leave the country if he doesn't agree with your position. And you would never say it if this guy were African. You would never say it if this guy were Asian. You would never say it if this guy were Middle Eastern. Think about what the reaction would be if an African NBA player didn't want to wear the LBGTQ patch and a white dude said, go back to Africa if you don't want to have the same opinion as me and go fight in your civil war in your war-torn country. He'd never work in media again. Be fired instantaneously. So why is it okay for him to say it about a Russian Christian? And why does this imbecile EJ Radic recognize that? By the way, let me say this. Credit to Outkick360, which is airing right now. They invited one of these woke imbeciles on the program to discuss this. I would invite any of these woke imbeciles at ESPN or Canadian Broadcasting Corporation or wherever the hell they were, the NHL Network, I'd invite them all to come on and make their argument. And I would just ask them the same questions that I asked you and that I discussed here. And what you would see is that these guys are left-wing woke hypocrites who have no substance behind their positions, whose positions would crumble if you subtly alter the individual involved or the political angles. They are not the heroes here. They are authoritarian, woke idiots. And they aren't even smart enough to recognize that they're the villains And they're actually the reasons that the United States of America exists today and why we have the freedoms because people came here to flee people like them. Just want you all to think about it. And I am obviously fired up about it because this goes to the essence of what I've been arguing for so long. I didn't realize it because you guys know I'm not a hockey guy. Like I've done radio for a long time. I can't break down hockey at all. We used to have my guy, Eddie Garcia, for those of you who listen to the Outkick the Coverage show, uh, he was our resident hockey expert. He would come on and tell us whatever was going on in the world of hockey because I wasn't smart enough. I don't know. I never played hockey. I've never put on hockey uniform. But the hockey media, the sports media that covers hockey may be the wokest out there on the planet and the fans of hockey overwhelmingly reject this. And that's why the one positive to come out of this so far is Ivan Provorov's coach has stood up for him. But also, his jersey is sold out now. Earlier today, you couldn't buy his jersey online because so many people all over the world, but certainly in America and Canada, appreciate the fact that he's willing to stand up for what he believes in. And guess what? I guarantee you there are hundreds Hundreds of NHL hockey players that agree with exactly what he said. And the reason why they are not speaking out is because they know what will happen to him would happen to them instead and they don't want to find themselves 
as the target of the woke media mob. So I give credit to Ivan Provorov. I hope that the NHL and the NHL network will come out and say something about this senior reporter, E.J. Radick, this imbecile, and condemn and criticize and lambast and ridicule everything that he said on their network like I just did because, frankly, it's indefensible and it's anti-American. All right, several other stories that are out there. Um, Lamar Jackson. Uh, John Harbaugh just said, head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, that he's 200% certain that Lamar will be back to the Ravens and that Lamar is going to be involved in consulting on a new offensive coordinator hire. Uh, So Lamar Jackson is, uh, did not play, did not travel to Cincinnati, did not finish the season, is effectively a free agent now. They've been unable to reach a contract agreement. And the feud between the two appears to have gotten substantial. I don't know that this can just be papered over. I really don't. Because Lamar Jackson, justifiably, I'm going to defend him here. He saw how much money Deshaun Watson got. He saw how much money Kyler Murray got. He saw how much money Russell Wilson got. He saw how much money Matthew Stafford and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, all of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL have gotten in the last several years. And he said, wait a minute, I was MVP a couple of years ago. The Ravens are nothing without me. I'm sure Lamar Jackson believes he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, if not the best. And he believes that he deserves a contract that's similar to the one that they got. I don't really disagree. And so far, he hasn't been treated like the Baltimore Ravens uh, uh, by the Baltimore Ravens in the same fashion that these other teams have treated their star quarterbacks. And so there is a discord, a dispute that's going on right now. I don't know how it gets resolved. Because unless the Ravens are just going to bend over and give Lamar Jackson everything that he wants... I don't, it seems like they're at an impasse here, which is why I feel like a trade may be ultimately a resolution that makes sense because you don't want to handcuff your franchise like the Cardinals are handcuffed to Kyler Murray, like the Broncos are handcuffed to Russell Wilson, like the Browns right now are handcuffed to Deshaun Watson unless you believe, hey, we want Patrick Mahomes forever. Chiefs are happy. Josh Allen feels like the Bills are happy. We want this guy forever. Soon, I think Cincinnati Bengals will be happy. They will want to have uh, Joe Burrow forever. But if you break all this stuff down, I don't know how this Lamar Jackson resolution occurs. To me, there has to be a team that's willing to trade for him. And based on where the relationship is right now, I feel like there may well need to be a split between the Ravens and uh, the uh, Ray, uh, and Lamar Jackson. But, to be fair, John Harbaugh says 200% chance that uh, Lamar Jackson's back with the Ravens. I think that's what he has to say. Because even if you're trading him, you want the team that you're trading to believe that you can still get a deal worked out with Lamar Jackson. Because as soon as it becomes clear that Lamar Jackson wants out of Baltimore, if that were the case then the trade value for Lamar Jackson plummets because everybody says, okay, he's not going to be there. Now, I know the Ravens can still franchise tag him potentially multiple times, but that doesn't feel like a viable long-range plan. And the big question with Lamar Jackson is just this. Is he going to be able to stay healthy? Long-term, most running quarterbacks have to turn into passing quarterbacks. The more mobile you are, as a general rule, the shorter your career is in the NFL. And so, can Lamar Jackson 
as he moves into his upper 20s and starts to think about playing in his 30s, can he become a primary pocket passer? Or is it the case that his game requires running the football and the explosive athletic plays that he brings to bear from the quarterback position? That's a big debate. That's the debate we've been having, it's the debate I had, since Lamar initially joined um, uh, everything. So that in and of itself is, to me, the big question about Lamar Jackson. Not only can he get things solved with the Ravens, but how sustainable is the way in which he plays football right now? And I think that's one reason the Ravens haven't been able to get this deal done. Um, Alec Baldwin has been charged in uh, with involuntary manslaughter in the shooting surrounding the movie Rust. He faces potentially, years in prison. We will see what ends up happening as it pertains to these charges. But his defense is going to be, I think, quite clearly, he didn't know the gun was loaded. It wasn't his responsible to see, responsibility to see if the gun was loaded. He's already said, I didn't pull the trigger, which kind of seems unlikely. But that is his defense, and therefore he is not responsible. Now, involuntary manslaughter, in some ways, is like it says, involuntary, there's almost a negligence aspect to the way in which the murder occurred. And so it's a lower standard of murder charge that is, uh, that is not reliant necessarily on the same level of intent if you can just show a form of negligence, generally speaking. I haven't read the New Mexico State statute upon which the charges were brought. But as a general rule, you could show a negligent behavior that rises to the level of criminal culpability, then Alec Baldwin would be guilty. And that is the question that ultimately, presuming he doesn't plea down, that a jury in New Mexico would have to determine. I said at the time, I didn't think it was smart. Alec Baldwin shouldn't have done any interviews unless his story is going to remain 100% consistent in those interviews because those interviews can be used as evidence against him now in a criminal court now that he has been charged uh, with that crime. Supreme Court, this news just broke down right at the end of the Clay and Buck show. Supreme Court unable to find the person who is responsible for leaking the Dobbs decision uh, before it was officially released. This leak, of course, created massive danger. Someone tried to kill Brett Kavanaugh before this opinion came out. Uh, It put an incentive, unfortunately, on the murder of any Supreme Court justice because until the opinion is published, it's not official law, meaning uh, that if a justice in the majority had been killed, uh, that this opinion never would have become law. And that seems to have been the motivation behind the attempted assassination of Brett Kavanaugh, why an armed person showed up at the Kavanaugh home. To me, This Supreme Court leak directly put the safety of Supreme Court justices in peril. And as a result, the fact that the Supreme Court's now just saying, hey, we can't figure out who was responsible for this is unacceptable. Someone leaked this. Someone from inside the Supreme Court did it. It did not require a massive number of people who would have had access to this document. One of them got this document out, and allowed it to be written about at Politico. Your list of suspects is comparatively small. The fact that we're just going to throw up our hands and say, 
we're going to allow this unprecedented violation of Supreme Court norms to have occurred and there to be no consequences for whoever leaked it is not acceptable in my opinion because it creates the opportunity for this to occur again and it is unfortunately a complete and total failure by the Supreme Court in this investigation. Uh, Finally, a couple of other thoughts here. Got to take my kid uh, to a basketball game. Albert Borla, the disastrous Pfizer CEO who has aided and abetted the distribution of a fraudulent COVID shot that does not do what the people were told it did while while pocketing tens of billions of dollars in taxpayer-funded profits, was confronted on the streets of Davos where the World Economic Forum is currently underway. And Borla was confronted in Davos by uh, several members of the media who directly asked him whether he felt responsible for this COVID shot being out into the public. I'd encourage all of you to go listen to the interview we did with Alex Berenson who has done fabulous work on this at the start of the second hour of the Clay and Buck show today. Uh, Borla ignored all of the questions. I shared the video. I'm telling you, it is compelling. I would encourage you to go watch it if you haven't already. Being forced to answer, even if he wouldn't answer, to direct questions about his knowledge on this failed COVID shot and whether he felt any responsibility for the profits that he's pocketed at the expense of so many people's health out there. This is becoming one of the greatest fraud stories of our lives. And I think it's only going to grow from here because the data continues to show that the COVID shot doesn't stop the transmission or acquisition of COVID on anyone's behalf, that the more COVID shots you get, maybe the more likely you are to actually get COVID. And we've got people dying with COVID Uh, despite the fact that they were told if they got the COVID shot, this would never happen. We've got people hospitalized with COVID. Now, I think it's all directly related to these failed shots. I think the reason why the incident of COVID danger in this country has come down has almost nothing to do with the COVID shots and almost everything to do with the fact that everyone ultimately ended up just about getting COVID. And if you're watching this right now and you're like, I never got COVID, I think you probably did. It was just such a minor infection that you never knew you had it. You thought it was just a small runny nose. Yeah, that was COVID for a lot of people, particularly if you're healthy uh, and weren't in any kind of significant danger. Uh, Finally, Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, white hot in the transfer portal. They now have three quarterbacks. Jackson Dart, who started last year, won the job. Spencer Sanders, who had a great year at Oklahoma State and is now transferring in. And Walker Howard, a former highly ranked recruit from LSU who is now transferred to Ole Miss. Transfer portal is a mess. Uh, But credit to Lane Kiffin, who has got probably the best collection right now of quarterbacks anywhere in college football. I can't imagine that there is anywhere, hardly, that has two starting quarterbacks in power conferences both in the same locker room right now in Spencer Sanders and Jackson Dart. Uh, Walker Howard, we'll see how he does. It makes more sense to me that he's theoretically going to sit on the bench and continue to develop. Look, Lane Kiffin is great at developing quarterbacks. You can criticize Lane Kiffin for a lot. I think he is an incredible quarterback whisperer. I've believed that ever since I saw him get the most out of Jonathan Crompton in his one year 
as the head coach of the University of Tennessee. Jonathan Crompton was a totally different quarterback with Lane Kiffin as his coach compared to before. Uh, And I think that Lane Kiffin, no matter who the quarterback is, will have a great deal of success. It doesn't surprise me that a lot of quarterbacks are interested in playing for him. But when you have a returning quarterback and you bring in somebody to compete with him, that suggests somebody might be leaving at the end of the spring if they don't win the head job. That's what it suggests to me that they'll compete through spring football. Kiffin at some point will announce a uh, a starter, and then we'll see either Spencer Sanders or Jackson Dart potentially uh, depart. Uh, all right, I love all of you. Encourage you to share the open to the show uh, discussing uh, Ivan Provorov. I doubt that you'll hear a better discussion of that story anywhere in media in the country. Uh, I am Clay Travis. I'm now going to go hop in my car, drive my son to his basketball game. This has been Outkick the show.